We're talking about love today. We're going to talk about the greatest enemy to love. And it's something that every single person in this room deals with. If you go and just turn on the TV channel right now, the world is hurting. Uh, the pain will never stop in this, in this life. The Bible actually says in this life we will have tribulation. Be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. That word tribulation can be translated a number of different ways, but one of those ways is pain. Um, it's never going to stop. And the only way that it will ever stop is when renewed people put an end to it. Thank you for that one amen right there. Renewed, we're the only answer to it. We are the only answer to it, okay? And we have to get to the root of that problem that is plaguing individuals and societies. And here it is. The root or the greatest enemy of love is selfishness. Oh, it's going to be a good one this morning, isn't it? Second Timothy chapter three, verse number one. Now, as before we get into reading that, I ask everybody to start reading First Corinthians thirteen once a day while we're studying this. I'm not going to embarrass anybody and ask you if you are, but I'm going to ask if you are just to remind you to do it. Okay, you should be reading it. Try and read it once a day. It's only about thirteen or fourteen verses, uh, and, you know, so you don't really need to. Huh? It's 13 verses, so you don't really, you know, it's not going to take you a long time, but it's going to get you in the same frame of mind that I am on this, on this message. All right? So here we are in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 1. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Now, that first, that first thing in verse number 2 there. It actually says the gateway to all those other things. For men will be lovers of themselves. That, that word actually means to love one's own self or loving oneself. Um, it is too intent on one's interest. It also means to be selfish. Now I want you to look at that right there. For men will be lovers of themselves, and then that actually leads to all the rest of the things that he's talking about there. The greatest enemy to walking in the God kind of love is selfishness. That is the source of all the world's trouble. Now, if you look and just, just look again at that scripture we just read. What it leads to. When you're a lover of yourself, it causes you to love money, which we all know the love of money is the root of all evil. It causes you to be unloving. It causes you to be unforgiving. It causes you to be a slanderer without self-control. It causes you to be brutal, a despiser of good, a traitor. It causes you to be headstrong, haughty, lover of pleasure rather than lovers of God, and to have a form of godliness but deny its power. Every one of those things is an act of selfishness. 
Selfishness comes in so many different forms and in so many, so many varieties of it that a lot of times we don't even recognize that we're walking in it. Now, I'm going to call out some big ones. And these are things that, you know, you, you, if you're in a Christian cause at all, you see these or you hear about these. But there are so many other ways we could go. But let's just talk about some big ones for a second. You know, in, in this world, one of the real big hot-button topics right now is human trafficking and, and sexual abuse. And it is, it is a tragic, horrible thing. All right? Now, that is, a, that is, a, that is caused by a root of selfishness. Listen to these stats. 66% of all prostitutes have been victims of child sexual abuse. 36.7% of all women in prison were abused as children. One-third of abused children will later grow up to abuse their own children. 94% of all sexual abuse victims are under the age of 12 the first time that they are abused. That is horrible, and, and uh, it just absolutely, uh, it's, it's just, uh, I mean, the words don't even really, you, you can't even put into words how that makes you feel. But you know what really started it all is that somebody couldn't control themselves. They wanted what they wanted no matter how bad it hurt somebody else. All rape victims, I don't care what anybody tries to tell you, is because somebody couldn't control themselves. It is, you know, there's all kinds of things that are being said about this. It basically boils down to somebody wants what they want more than what somebody else does. Now listen, this starts in the way we're born. The reason that selfishness is so prevalent is because nobody has to teach us that. We're born that way. How many parents do we have in here? If you're a parent, raise your hand. How many of you were in, either in or near the delivery room? Now, all you wives should be, <laughs> your moms should be <laughs> raising your hand. We're either in or near the delivery room when the baby came out. All right. What was the first sound you heard? <laughs> now, most of you go, that was the sweetest sound in the world. It's true. It is sweet because it's life beginning. I get it. Okay. Uh, life outside the womb anyway. But you know what that cry is? Put me back. I'm cold. I don't want to be out here. What is that? The selfishness. Now, some of you are like going, Pastor, are you really saying that babies are selfish? Yeah, they are. <laughs> Anybody got up at 3 o'clock in the morning to get a, do a feeding? You know what I'm talking about. We were all that way. All right? Now, let's go a little older. You see kids that, that play with other kids, and they go and take other kids' toys. Ain't nobody taught them how to do that. In fact, we as parents, are, we're all, uh, you give that back. Where did you learn that? Because we're not teaching that to them. Okay, listen, when you walk over to that kid, punch him in the face and take his tip toy. Nobody's teaching that. We're born this way. Let's go a little bit older when we get to be teenagers and we start spending more time in front of the mirror. I was thinking about this morning. I was, I was. Most of you, when you see Preston, Preston's hair is usually like, you know, because he 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 goes to sleep with it wet sometimes, and it just, however it wakes up, it just, you know. And um, 
And I, I, so I made him get in the shower this morning because his hair was like just, I mean, it was like out there. Of course, he didn't want to, and he, so I made him get in there. And, and so I'm sitting there, and I'm, I was combing his hair afterwards and, and, you know, just trying to fix it to where it looks somewhat presentable. I mean, he is a pastor's kid, so, you know. <laughs> so, so then I'm sitting there thinking, you know, there's a, and he's just going, oh, stop it. Just, and so as soon as I get done combing his hair, I mean, he immediately takes his, his hand and just does whatever he wants with it. Doesn't look in the mirror, just does whatever he wants with it. And, and I sat there, and I thought, there is a day coming, boy, where you're going to be standing in front of that mirror and you're going to comb and comb and then you're going to go, nope, I like it better the other side and you're going to flip that part over the other way. And I said, there's a day coming because I remember when it happened to me. <laughs> Any of you remember that? Where you actually suddenly were convinced that one or two little extra things was really going to set you apart and make you look that much better. Remember that? That is selfishness is where we're being concerned about ourselves, Okay. How about this when we get older and in our career? Our cringing when something good happens to somebody else that we don't think it should have happened to. Come on now, we're in church. Y'all better be honest. The Lord knows and the Lord sees, especially in church. All right. You ever heard of good news that somebody else got? And on the outside, you got a smile on your face, and on the inside, you're going, I hate you. Or you're going, Dang, why is that happening for them? I've been trying really hard to get that to work for me. Anybody ever thought that before? These are all selfishness. Selfishness is all about being the best or first in everything. Now, there's nothing wrong with wanting to do our best. You know, I, I believe the scriptures say things like, you know, thanks be to God who gives us the victory and who causes, causes us to triumph. I think those things are there for us. There's nothing wrong with wanting to have the best. But it is wrong to enjoy seeing other people fail so that we can succeed. That is selfishness. And you're walking in the greatest enemy to love. I remember when President Obama first got elected. Now, I'm going to probably make some of you real nervous because you're not supposed to talk about politics in church. But I'm just going to just call it like it is. I remember watching Facebook explode with Christians saying, I hope he fails in his presidency. And I was like, have we really not learned any more than that? I remember pastors saying things like that. And I remember going, aren't we supposed to pray that that guy succeeds so that we can have a quiet and peaceable life? Isn't that what we're supposed to do? And I'm not going to get on prayer right now, but I remember people were praying that somebody else would succeed so that who they wanted to get into office could get into office. Now, I'm not here to tell you to vote one way or the other. That's between you and God and, and, and your conscience, and you vote however you feel, whatever you feel. Okay? I don't care. I love you either way. Right? But I will say this, no matter who's in office, I'm not going to hope that they fail in order to make myself feel better. I'm not going to hope that anybody fails at anything in order to make me feel better. I've had people just recently, <laughs> I mean, since just in the last three or four months, make statements about the way I pastor this church. 
and, and use really ugly terms. Praying that I will fail. You know what? Your kind of church needs to fail. It's a, I think the actual words they used was a horse trough for the things of uh, the things that are, 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 are you know, that you're too seeker sensitive and you're just, you're just putting out a horse trough for people. And I was like, do you know what a horse trough is? That's where they drink out of. It's not what you're saying. Well, you know, where you put manure. <laughs> no, they, that's the words they use with a horse trough. And uh, I said, um, I said, well, bless you anyway. <laughs> now, I'll tell you, everything within me wanted to go and tell them something else. Okay? Praying that I would fail so that their point of view would succeed. It's selfishness. Let's talk about another big one. Greed is selfishness. That spirit of never being satisfied and always wanting more. Y'all know there's a crisis of debt in this country because people are always wanting more. <laughs> and you know what? They make it easy for us. How many of you get credit card offers in the mail? You've already been pre-approved at this low interest rate with this kind of limit. And you go, cha-ching! <laughs> they make it so easy. How many of you, last time you were at the mall and you were checking out and they go, would you like to use your store credit card for that and get 10% off? Anybody? They make it easy for us. Now listen, I'm not here to preach against credit cards. Credit is a great thing if you know how to use it the right way. I'm not, don't get on and say, oh man, he's going after people. I'm not going after anybody. I am saying if it's driving you to get more of what you want and you're getting it deeper in debt, that's greed. And greed is a form of selfishness. In this country and all across the world, people will regularly kill and steal and lie in order to get more money because they're so greedy. Listen, that is the root of selfishness. At the root of it is selfishness. Let's talk about another big one. <clears throat> this one might make some people nervous, but divorce. We have people that are divorced in the church, Brent. Don't look up right now because that way they won't know what you're talking about them. Listen, I don't. I want to make it clear right now. I don't think people that have, have gone through divorce and are have have been divorced. I don't think you're a bad person, and I don't think you're going to hell. And I don't. I don't think that there's no hope for you and never having a happy family. We're not one of those churches. Okay, I still believe that people that have been divorced can be restored by God and be used again. Let's just go ahead and put that out of the way. All right. But now. How different would our marriages be in this world if we got married and set our minds to do all that we could do to keep our partner happy? How much more different would our, or would our marriages be? Brother Hagen actually said these words, Two Christians walking in the God kind of love will never see the inside of a divorce court. If we thought about our partner more than ourselves, how much different would our marriage be? Now, some of you immediately think, well, what if I get taken advantage of? 
do you know that that thought is actually selfishness? Let me say this, and then I'll get off of the marriage part. We need to put our faith in the Word of God and in God Himself, not in our partner. That means if our faith is in God, we can go ahead and treat our partner, our spouse, as well and put them at first and and go ahead and try and fulfill everything that they would ever have need of. Why? Because it's not their responsibility to take care of me anyway. It's God's. And so if I put my faith in Him... I don't care if they take advantage of me. Why? Because he's going to take care of me. I am not one bit worried about my wife taking advantage of me. Number one, she wouldn't do that. Maybe she does and I just don't know it. (laughs) Maybe I should pray for that to happen more often. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Maybe she does and I just don't know it. Okay? The reason is is because we, we try our best. Now, that doesn't mean we always do it, but we try our best to make sure the other one gets what the other one wants. Now, we've been married 15 years. We kind of know what each other wants now, and so we kind of just start doing that, all right? But at the same time, if I do something for her and she doesn't do anything back for me, who's, who should I be mad at? Nobody. I'm not doing it for her to do something for me anyway. I'm doing it for her because I love her. Come on, somebody. God's going to take care of me. That's why we can walk in love and pour ourselves out for our spouses. And love, what does 1 Corinthians 13 verse 8 say anyway? Love never fails. So if I'm sowing love towards my spouse, I'm never going to see the inside of a divorce court unless... It's on their side. Love never fails for you, even if they are selfish and they don't respond. And and maybe even they even walk out and leave you. They may go cheat on you. God will still take care of you. God will still restore you. And if your faith is in him, love will fail and it will come right back knocking on your door. You'll walk in his love instead of selfishness. Let me say this while I'm at it. You are in charge of the harvest that you receive in your life. You are. So if you're not, if you're just getting taken advantage of all the time, then you're not really putting out the faith for the harvest to come back from God because people are going to take advantage of you. People are going to be selfish. But I'm in charge. You're in charge of the harvest that you receive in your life because it is based on seeds that you sow. So if you're sowing love, come on now, into your spouse, what are you going to reap? Oh, but they might, they might, you know, I might be doing all the loving in there. Listen, you can't sow love into somebody and, and not get it back. It's impossible. If we sow mercy, come on, we reap mercy. If we sow grace, come on, we reap grace. If we sow compassion, come on, we reap compassion. So if we sow love, we reap love. I could go on talking about more big examples. Listen, any terrible thing that you can think of is based on selfishness. War, selfishness. Murder, selfishness. 
Gambling, selfishness. Smoking, selfishness. I mean, we can just go on and on, list all the big sins that you can think of. Let me say this about selfishness. Real joy can never be found in getting what you want all the time. How many times have we gotten our way and ended up just as miserable? You ever fought for something and really fought for it, and then when you got it, you're kind of like, on the inside, you're like, oh, God, what have I done? But on the outside, you have to appear like you like it because you really fought hard for it. You don't want anybody to see egg on your face. Am, am I talk Is this on this morning? Because you're all just kind of smiling at me. Yes. Let me ask you this. How do you respond when you don't get what you want? Are you able to trust God to take care of you? Or do you live in fear that if you don't take care of you, nobody else will? Now, I know he's a little bit of a controversial figure in the church today, but I was, you know, he's got his own channel on XM now, and so I was listening to Joel Osteen the other day. Now, I don't care what you think about him. I really don't. <laughs> he said something really good the other day, though. <laughs> he, said, um, he said, if else, somebody else's blessing, get, they get a blessing, and you can't get happy about it, that's the reason you didn't get yours. <laughs> I was like, whoa. But then he said this. He said, you shouldn't be upset that they got it because what they got isn't yours. If you tried to get that blessing, it wouldn't work for you. Your blessing is for you. And if you haven't got it yet, you're going to have to trust God that it's coming. Which means this, even if it's the person you can't stand and you just want to mm, leave me alone and get away from me, devil, You ought to get excited when they get something. What does that mean? That means God's still, come on somebody, still blessing, still pouring it out, still answering prayers, and yours is in the pipeline. So I can walk in love with somebody and get happy when somebody else does something and gets something and gets blessed. And if I don't get my way today, God's going to take care of me. Selfishness is an absolute choice. Mark chapter 12. Now listen, selfishness is a choice. Now, when you start talking this way, some people immediately go to the extreme and think that they have to be martyrs and they think they have to take you know, horrible care of themselves and never want anything for themselves. And Listen, you have to love yourself first or else you can't love others. Jesus says here in Mark chapter 12, verse 29, Jesus answered him, the first of all commandments is... Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. Now catch this, because this is what I want you to see. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Though there is no other commandment greater than these. So listen, if order, in order for us to love other people, you have to love yourself. So that doesn't mean, listen, when we're talking about not being selfish, that doesn't mean don't love yourself, don't take care of yourself, don't, you know, you just be a doormat for the whole world and lay down and just, you know, let everybody walk all over you and take advantage of you and just, you know, rob you of everything. That's not what we're saying here, okay? Because you have to love yourself. You have to. You have to take care of yourself. You have to 
you know, put clothes on your back. And you, you, do, have to, you do have to eat. <laughs> and you know what? It's okay to have nice things. It's okay to, to live in a nice house. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. We shouldn't be so in love with ourselves that we're thinking about ourselves all the time first. Listen, you know, when Preston broke his arm uh, swinging on the swings the other day, I mean, he's a little daredevil who just decided he was going to show the whole world how high he could swing and then jump off. And, um, and I just want to say thank God for Dr. Paul. All right. Met, met us at the hospital. Look at him. Look down at his phone. All humble inside. Thank you. He met us at the hospital. All right. Uh, and so we're there, and I'm looking, and Preston's got this nice little swollen thing going on in his arm there. Now, what was the point behind me telling that? I did here, here it is. I dropped everything, okay, and came running, all right? And I'm sorry. Some of you all tried to get a hold of me that day. Hey, I need to ask you something about this. I love this church. I love everybody in here. But guess what? My son was in dire need that day. There's nothing wrong with that. If I cut my finger... Guess what I'm going to do? I'm not going to sit there and be like, what can I do for somebody else while the blood's going? I'm not, that's not going to happen. There's nothing wrong with taking care of yourself. you got to love yourself. You do. But you can't be so in love with yourself that you're never thinking of somebody else. If we're the center of our world, where does that leave room for Jesus? This will also go a little step further. This will go to you only blessing people with what you want them to have. Now, this is a, a false this is a false humility, false love thing that people have. When you go to say, I want to bless somebody, but you only give them what you're willing to bless them with, isn't that you being selfish? If you're really going to bless somebody, shouldn't it be a, you know, to, to bless them with what they need or, 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 or what they're asking for? Let's take, let's just put ourselves in this for a second. How many of you growing up when you were kids and it was time for your birthday and your parents asked you, your, or Christmas, what do you want for Christmas? And you gave them this big list of all the cool evil Knievel stuff and I mean, everything you could think of when you were a kid. All right, I always ask for evil Knievel stuff. You know, the crank up the little motorcycle thing. I asked for all that stuff. All right. And most of the time I got that stuff. But there were times that I remember growing up that my parents would say, would say to me, you're not getting any of that. And I'd be like, what was the point of asking me what I wanted then? <laughs> Does anybody else remember those days here? Do you remember ever getting socks and underwear for Christmas? Or anybody ever remember those days? And you open up and you're just like, <laughs> where's the toys? <laughs> Now, I know people, and listen, let's, let's advance that a little bit. I know people right now that want to bless other people, but only want to bless them with what they want them to have. Okay, here's a great example. Uh, actually, we're gonna get, I'm going to give you two. I know two ministers right now, and I, I'm, I'm saying this as example stories. Don't anybody walk out of there going, Pastor Brent was dropping hints today. There is no hint here, and you'll understand why I mean what I'm saying in a minute, all right? Two ministers that I know somebody bought them a car. That's why I said there's no hints going dropping here. All right, I'm good. All right, so don't anybody walk out of here thinking that I'm trying to manipulate. All right, so one guy, the, literally the guy walked up to him and said, uh, are you believing God for a new car? And he said, yes. And he said, 
okay, well, I want to be the guy that buys that for you. And he goes, well, do you even know what I want? And he goes, it doesn't matter. It's, it's taken care of. And so the minister's thinking, cool. And the guy says, I'll have, I'll have it here next week. And he's thinking, either this is going to be like the most miraculous thing ever because this guy's going to pull up in the car that I've been praying for and doesn't even know, or this is going to be one of those awkward moments. So guy pulls up in like a 22-year-old car with about 150,000 miles on it and gets out and jingles the keys in front of me. I've been taking good care of it. God bless you, and throws him the keys. Awkward. <laughs> now, I know about a year later, the exact same story happened to another minister in, in Missouri. And a uh, guy walks up and says, you've been believing God for a new car? And he says, yeah. He goes, all right, well, I'll meet you tomorrow. We'll go to the dealership, and you pick out whatever you want. Now, which one was the blessing? <laughs> now, somewhat, yeah, some of the, I mean, I mean oh, sure, that, that's a blessing. But the thing is, is that God blessed him with what he wanted him to have, which what means what? The guy doing the blessing was being selfish. You're only going to get what I want you to have. The other guy was truly like, I don't care. You pick whatever you want. What dealership are we driving to? Now, some of you are already looking, what'd he pick, what'd he pick, what'd he pick? He got a Corvette. Bless him. He liked Corvettes. I knew the guy. All right. Now, again, no hints dropped there. Don't anybody walk out of here thinking, thinking that. All right. Now, my point is, is if we are going to bless people with only what we want them to have, we ourselves are being selfish. Advertisers actually trick us into believing what they want all the time. Anybody ever finished watching a commercial for something and you walk away going, holy smokes, I want one of those <laughs> for, for anything. I mean, I remember in 2000, let's see, what are we on now, Seven, eight, uh, what year is this? 2006, when the new iPhone came out. I remember when the iPhone was unveiled at the Consumer Electronics Show and people were talking about, the, oh, man, the iPhone's going to change everything, and everybody was going crazy over it. And I didn't even see anything about it, and I was already going, I want one. I was fine with my little smartphone before that until they started talking about that. And then I was like, I want one of those. And, and what did Apple do? Apple just sat back and took orders, very little marketing. It was just like, hey, everybody wants one. Why? Because everybody did it for them. Okay? This is what happens to us all the time. Advertisers will tell us, and we kind of go, so thankful for these new products. You didn't want that until somebody told you you wanted it. Nobody, I mean, we hear that, and what, what do we do? We're, we're so, oh, I'm so, th I mean, everybody was almost worshiping Steve Jobs. It was like, thank you, Steve Jobs, for giving us the iPhone. And when the iPad came out, it was even worse. Thank you for giving us the iPad. Do you all know what they're doing? They're tricking us into getting what they want us to have. That's how advertising works. They're... At the end of the day, they didn't make the iPhone to make the world a better place. They didn't, make, they didn't create the iPad so that the, wor the world would just be so much better and so many things. 
They created the they created the iPad because it made their bottom line go swell. Why? It was selfish. We have to understand that being selfish is a choice. If we're only blessing and we're with people with what we want them to have, if we're only receiving everything that we want, we are not on the true path to happiness. We're not walking with the greatest. The true path to happiness only comes from giving our lives away rather than trying to keep them for ourselves. That's why we're, walk, we're walking with the greatest, because we're on the path to happiness. Mark chapter 8, verse number 34, when he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, now catch this part, let him deny himself. What does that mean? Stop being selfish. Take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his li life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Now, I said to you this before, and I'll wrap it up with this. You don't have to learn how to be selfish. You already know it. And just like love is put into the recreated spirit, which I talked about last week, selfish is automatically put and pre-programmed into our flesh. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 5 says, Let everyone see that you are considerate, uh, considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. It is an automatic response that is hard to identify and hard to overcome. It actually hides the love of God that we have when we're born again. Selfishness will hide that. This is why Philippians says that. Let everybody see your considerate in all you do. Okay, Matthew chapter 5, verse number 16 says, Let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. It is our love and generosity that shows forth God to everyone else. So if you're going to walk with the greatest, you have to stop thinking about yourself. And what if this person I'm loving takes advantage of me? How is what I'm doing for them going to affect me? We can't think that way. Now, some of you are scared right now. Some of you are thinking, who's going to take care of me? Who's going to meet my needs if I'm meeting everybody else's needs? God is. And he's not going to lead you into a place... God doesn't lead us into abuse. God doesn't lead us to be doormats. God doesn't lead us that way. God leads us into victory. God leads us into a place where we always triumph. God leads us to where we have more than enough. God leads us to the supplying of all our needs. But if you're constantly worrying about where he's leading you, you can't follow him. And you can't be walking with him. You're going to be walking by yourself, heads bowed, eyes closed. Lord, thank you for our time together.